0: This resource is produced by Discipleship.org, championing Jesus' way of disciple-making. Attend the next National Disciple-Making Forum by registering at Discipleship.org. The following audio comes from the 2016 National Disciple-Making Forum. The theme this year was Culture Shift, Back to Jesus' Way of Disciple-Making. Discipleship.org brought together 10 disciple-making organizations, all in one place, each organization hosting a different track. One of those ten tracks was hosted by Downline Institute and facilitated by Ariana Remsen. Here's audio content from their track called Women Discipling Women.
1: Hello, ladies. How are you? Good. Good. Have you been enjoying it thus far? Yes. Okay, okay. Let me just open us in a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord God. We thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. I thank you for your loving kindness towards us. I thank you that you have all called us to be disciple-makers. And so, Lord, uh, we just see that as a great, great opportunity to be a part of your work. And so, Lord, I pray that today you will speak through each and every one of us on this panel, Lord God, and that you would encourage the hearts of the women who are listening, Lord God, and I pray that your word will do exactly what it's called to do, that it will go forth and not return void, but accomplish all that it is set out to do. Mm -hmm. And Father, I just pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen Well you you heard from me earlier this morning And so I'll just reintroduce myself My name is Ariana Remsen And right now I work as a counselor At a women's recovery center In Memphis, Tennessee And as we were thinking about this forum Bobby wanted to do a track Just for the women And so he was asking me to think about a title for the forum. And I just in prayer and the Lord was just kind of sharing with me the impact of discipleship on a woman's life. And I thought about how discipleship has impacted my life and how I have seen it impact the women's lives that I've had a chance to disciple. So one thing I started doing as I was thinking about this talk, I just started looking at God's word because Jesus is our example. He's the model for us. So if you have your Bibles... We're just going to turn to this passage. It's in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38 to verse 42. And I'm going to read it for us. And in this, we'll see three things that Mary did that was a direct effect of discipleship in her life. And so starting in verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And so when we think about discipleship, the first impact I think that we see, um, and and let me backtrack. When I think about the word impact, um, I, I like to get kind of definitions And so I was looking up in the Webster Dictionary, and the word impact means a strong or significant influence that has an effect on a person, that produces an effect. And so I thought about that, and I was like, wow, discipleship is that strong influence. It's a significant influence. It's someone pouring into your life, and it has to produce an effect. And hopefully our prayer is that it's a good effect where you walk away from that and you're saying, thank you, Lord, for putting that woman into my life. Thank you so much for that woman taking time out of her life to pour into me. Thank you for the things that she corrected me in. Thank you for the rebuke she gave me. Thank you for her challenging me. And we'll see that like ripple effect in her life. And so when we think about Mary, the first thing we see is that she stopped. She could have easily gone in the kitchen and helped her sister, and no one would have even thought about it. They would have just said, you know what, that's Martha's cooking, and so that's what Mary should do. But there was something about this time where Mary said, there's something more important than me cooking, than me cleaning, than me preparing for a meal. I need to really sit at the Lord's feet. And I think that's what discipleship does for us, is for the disciple maker, it makes us stop first. And put a margin in our lives that says, you know what, if there's women that the Lord puts in my life, I want to take that time to really pour into them. And so, Lord, show me how I can carve out that time in my life every week where I can pour into another woman. And what, what we also see is for the disciple that they have to then look at their own life and say, okay, I need to stop. There's some things that I want to be a part of, and especially young women, I want to do this and I want to do that. But this woman is making her life available for me. Okay, I probably need to go ahead and say no to some things so that I can get some, some pouring into, I can get some teaching and training for a small amount of time in my life because we don't disciple someone for eternity. We just do this for a little while. And so this is for a season that they're taking time out of their lives to say this is most important. I think some of the things we have to give up are, you know, our workout schedules might have to change, um, you know, our TV shows might have to change, even sometimes going to our kids games if you have children, or or doing the other things at your church, being a part of that program, or what have you, to say, you know what, I would love to help lead that program, I would love to help be a part of that, but I've got these two young women that the Lord has really put on my heart, and this is the only time that we're all available, and it's five o'clock on a Wednesday night, so I might not be able to make a wanna. For this season, because I'm seeing that this is most important for me to pour into a few than to just minister to the masses. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I, I looked at when I was looking at that first point is Isaiah 50 verses four, verse four. Um, and I'm not going to read the whole passage, but the last part of the passage says he has awakened morning. He was awakened morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. And that's one characteristic of a disciple is that they listen and you can't listen if you're constantly on the run. If you're constantly going, 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 you never have that time to just sit and listen. And so that's what you get in that discipleship relationship where you you drown out all the distractions. One thing I do in our discipleship time in the mornings, because we usually meet at um, Thursday mornings at 6 a.m., I just tell them, let's turn off the phones, just turn them off. Don't even look at the news feeds that come up or the all the dings and all that kind of stuff. Just put it to the side and have your actual Bible <laughs> so you're not like, oh, I got my phone because my Bible's on here. No, here's a Bible if you need one. And so we're going to look at this so that you can drown out all those other distractions. And when you really think about it, it's only an hour and a half that we've got a week to try to get into God's word. And then we've got that time throughout the week where we may do life on life. And you can have your phone. You can check your text message because we're just hanging out. But if we're getting into God's word, we're going to stop. We're going to um, turn off all those distractions so that we can really focus in and see what the Lord wants to tell us. The second one is that Mary submitted. Um, even in her posture, it says that she sat at the Lord's feet. Uh, for women, um, I know that, As a as a young woman, when I would hear people say the word submit, I really didn't know what that meant. But I would see a lot of married women say, oh, yes, you've got to learn to submit. And I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, do I only do that when I'm married or can I do that now as a single woman? And what discipleship has taught me is that I do that right now because the woman who discipled me, I had to submit to her teaching. I had to really not sit at her feet. But sit on her couch, sit at the dining room table or what or what have you and say, okay, I want you to teach me. I want to learn from you. And at the same time, she's going to push me to study God's word on my own and make sure that what she's teaching me is correct. And so I saw her model submission first is that she sat before the Lord and she said, Lord, what do you want me to teach Ariana? And then she taught me that. Or what do you want me to hold Ariana um? accountable in and then she did that and and the girls that i get a chance to disciple they see that in my own life where i say you know i've been praying and i feel like the lord really wants me to share this with you and i take them to scripture and then i just see their face and they're like how did you know that And I'm like, I don't know, (laughs) but is it true? (laughs) And they're like, yes, this is what I'm struggling with, and that's exactly what I needed to hear. Or I've really been feeling discouraged in my life, and you just spoke a word that just ignited me. And I was like, well, that's all the Lord. And that's because I had to stop. And I had to submit and ask the Lord, what do you want to tell her? What's going on in her life? Because maybe she hasn't gotten to the point to tell me, but Lord, you know, because you know all things. Your word says that you search the heart of man, and so you know exactly what's going on in there. And so we get to see that uh, Mary did that, that she submitted to the Lord and she wanted to hear what he had to tell her. Um, one e- personal experience I had is there's a woman named Cricket Keith who has spent some time just kind of pouring into me back in Memphis. And I remember she had us go through this lesson called the Spiritual Toolbox. And it's this big, like, binder that she wrote all these lessons. And I was like, I don't even understand how you had that kind of time to. And I mean, it's got questions and answers and verses and all this kind of stuff and I remember as we were studying through it we would get to some points and she would say okay what verse would you use in this kind of situation and I was like uh, I, I don't know and she said "And this is quote verbatim she would say you mean to tell me that you don't know where you would go in God's word if someone brought this issue to you and I was like no I don't and, and trust that made me go home and say OK, where would I go if somebody is struggling with, OK, let me look at my commentaries like because she was saying, if you're pouring into people, you want to have an answer for them. And and then even as I'm sharing this, I'm reminded in another passage in Isaiah, it says um, one of the disciples or one thing a disciple has is a word for the weary one. And so you always have that word for them, but that comes because you sit with God and you say, Lord, what do you have? And it may not be something that someone needs right now, but you just kind of log it. You say, "Okay, no one that I know is struggling with this right now, but I'm just going to log this. And, Lord, whenever you want to bring it out, then I'll bring it out. But we have to first submit to the Lord as a disciple maker. I have to ask the Holy Spirit to teach me first so that I can teach them. And And this is where... I think it gets kind of hard because I I know that I like plans and I like a schedule and the Lord has been really good about getting rid of my schedules. (laughs) And I'm like, no, Lord, this is how I disciple. And I go through this and he's like, take that to the side. And so I think we have to really be careful when we do have a system that we're so used to using that there's no room for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is like, I know that woman better than you. And she doesn't look anything like the other 40 women that you've poured into. And she's not going to look anything like the other 50 women you'll pour into in the next 50 years. She is a different person who has different spiritual gifts, who has different background, different experiences. You have no idea what I have planned for her. You have got to ask me. And I was like, okay, Lord, okay. Um, and so before I go to the third one. Just going back over those is is realizing that she first stopped. And it's reiterated when we see Luke ten forty two, And when Christ says, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Like, ladies, this is the good part. Like, I, I think about so many things that my life could entail. And, and one thing that I would be devastated if it was taken away is discipleship. Mm-hmm. Like I look forward to the Thursday mornings. Mm-hmm. I look forward to getting new women to pour into, like that gives me life. Um, I remember I had one group. It was like four of us that were meeting that the girls were coming over in Thursday morning and I would get up super early and I was making tea and coffee and I was like, I can't wait till my friends come over and And they were all younger than me. But it was I mean, it was just electrifying like we would get in there and everyone's like, yeah, I've been struggling with this. And then we would pull out our word and it was just Going in, and they were saying this was so good to start my work day off like this. I had, I mean, in that group was a woman who worked for FedEx, a woman who was in human resources, a woman who was um, worked for a ministry. I mean, they all did different things, and so that was our one time to kind of huddle up and say, Okay, Lord, speak to us, and then disperse. And they also had, you know, times where they were hearing God's word on Sunday, but they, they needed that time where they could have a smaller group where they could be transparent. And that goes into the last point, is that it allows a time for us to share uh, women are longing for deep, authentic relationships. People are tired of surface conversations. People are tired of, yeah, I'm doing fine. Everything's good. I don't have any issues. People are, like, sick of that. They're like, would someone just be authentic? Would you just tell me when you're struggling? Um, And so in that discipleship relationship, we get a chance to see that. And and last year, I had about three girls that I was meeting with during, well, three or four girls I was meeting with during a time that I had like a a major health change in my life. And, you know, Satan on this side was just like, just keep it to yourself and just tell them you can't meet. Tell them you just got to take a break. And then the Lord is over here saying, "Uh uh-uh, they need to see this. They need to see you struggle. And I mean, literally, I was laid out on my bed. And so I remember texting them. I said, can y'all just come over and pray? And so they didn't really know what was going on. I was giving them little pieces, but when they saw me in that state, they were like, oh, my gosh. Like, she's not quoting any scriptures. She's not asking. And so I was like, you quote them. You tell me, because I can't remember anything right now. (laughs) My body is shut down. I don't know what's going on. And, And so then they became... More of the the ones who were pouring into me and they were like, OK, God's word says this Ari, and hold on to this truth and sending me text messages. And it was just that that relationship where it was like, OK, they got to see me share my struggles. And so then when they struggled, they felt more open to share that. The other thing that, that automatically will happen is that woman will begin to share what she has learned with other people. Like, you don't even have to tell her. She's like, oh, this is so good. I've got to go tell somebody. And so one example is... Um, I had a young woman and we were talking through, um, you know, just how to study God's word and just how the whole Bible fits together. So we're using, um, what is it called now? Clarifying the Bible, I think is what it's called. And it's like these 20 questions. And in that lesson, you have to use a map to walk someone through the Bible. And so we had done it and practiced it, and I was like, okay, come show me next week, and you don't know, want to really make sure she knew it. And she went to this, com- well, it wasn't a conference, but when you're trying to get into pharmacy school, you go to these residency things. I still didn't really understand. I was like, I just pray that you get in. I don't know what you're really doing, but okay. So she went to this thing and there was all these different schools and she was kind of trying them out. And she said, um, there was a break and this guy, um, some kind of way they just started a conversation and she was telling him that she was a Christian and she goes to church and all that. He was like, you know what? I really don't understand the Bible. She took out a napkin and she said, let me just show you. And she drew the map and walked him from Genesis to, like, I think Malachi. She walked him through the old, the old Testament. And he was like, who taught you how to do that? And she was like, well, I've been this discipleship. Late. He was like, what is that? And, I mean, they just <laughs> kept talking. But she, she texted me. She said, thank you so much for taking that time to just teach me those things because I just automatically was ready to answer. You know, and it wasn't like, well, let me invite you to my church that's not in this city where I am because I'm in Kansas and I go to church in Memphis. Well, let me, you know, find you a website or whatever. She was like, no, I have the answers because someone has taken the time to teach me. And so you don't even have to encourage them to share it. If you give them good stuff, you don't keep it to yourself. I mean, um, how many of you? here have found about a good sale found out about a good sale and it didn't take you a second (laughs) to text your girlfriend and say target right now oh my gosh um there's this funny app that target has it's called cartwheel I didn't even know it existed but I remember this was a few years back before all the stuff that's going on with target now but a few years back and I was able to buy some jeans that were like $40 for $20 because I had this Cartwheel app. And I was like, everybody needs to get this today, right now. But if we're teaching people God's word and they get excited about it, you don't have to even tell them to share it. They're going to do it. And, And it's funny because the text doesn't tell us that Mary went back and told anyone, but we all know she did. I'm sure she went in the kitchen and said, Martha, you missed out. Food's great. But let me tell you what Jesus said. He said this and he said that. And especially in in this culture when she was supposed to be in the kitchen. And she was like in front of everybody, like I'm sitting at his feet because this is so important to me that I want to know what Christ is saying because I want to know who he is and I want to make him known to others. And so then our desire is, Lord, you have allowed us to be your children. You've called us to yourself. You've allowed us to have a relationship with you. And then you give us a mission to do Mm -hmm. that. It doesn't matter what background I have, because I love how it says in Acts that that those men were uneducated and untrained men, but they were with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't have to have a degree to do this. We just have to spend time with God, Mm -hmm. spend time with his word, and then we just give it to women. And then we watch the Lord just do the ripple effect. Mm -hmm. So that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to have the ladies up here with me go ahead and introduce themselves, and then we'll kind of just begin to have
2: a dialogue. All right, Shannon, go ahead. Hello,
1: hello. Yes, is this
2: thing up? I feel like I should be rapping. Right. <laughs> all right mm-hmm. um, I'm Shannon DeGarmo, and um, I'm an author. I do stuff like radio stuff sometimes, and um, I just have a passion. I have a passion for helping women and discipling women see their value in Christ mm-hmm. and what they are worth and um, and just really help guiding them to figure out just how special they are. And I, I do have a heart for single moms because I was one for a while. So, um, But that that is like, that's what keeps me breathing, I mm-hmm. think. That's just, I, it's just a passion. I love it. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Candy Gallaty, and um, I am a stay-at-home mom. I am um, a pastor's wife. My husband's the pastor here at Long Hollow. Um, i'm a disciple maker and i've been investing in women for I guess about 12 or 13 years now and so um it is it's a passion it's a desire of my heart um just being a disciple of christ and then just kind of what you were saying it's just a natural outflow you can't help you know but share that share your life and um and so that's kind of me i have two boys they're eight and six and um We disciple them intentionally at home as well. And my husband and I also have a ministry called Replicate, um, which exists to help churches learn strategies to disciple um, in their context.
4: I'm Michelle Eagle, and I work at Harvard Christian Church, uh, which is putting on the discipleship.org conference here. So we're really excited about that part of it. But uh, I work in our discipleship ministry, so I help connect people into groups. um, And I have a lot of experience discipling women through uh, crises, through Celebrate Recovery. um, And it is just just like they said, it's a passion. Once you start doing it and you start seeing women's lives changing uh, and seeing them growing in Christ, you just want to keep doing it. And so I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, if each of you can just share um,
1: just even... And this feels weird because it's like, what would you get from my talk? <laughs> but if there was anything that the Lord just kind of, you know, aha moment or you were like, man, yeah, you know, just to share with the ladies.
4: Yeah, I'll start. Well, one of the first things when you were reading the passage that jumped out at me was that Mary sat. Mary was sitting. And that Martha was distracted. Mm-hmm. And I just love that story so much. And I know that there are so many Bible studies, um, Mm -hmm. women's Bible studies on that story. But what I love about it is, is that's exactly my life. That is exactly all of our lives, Mm -hmm. um, is that that we don't sit enough and we're distracted all the time. And so I love the fact that it's in there because it is perfect for today
5: mm-hmm.
4: just like it was perfect for back then mm-hmm. and um and it's just so relatable and i mm-hmm. feel like i'm distracted too much of the time mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well and and martha was distracted with
2: good things yeah. right you know, yeah. it wasn't like she was out there doing something bad right. she was she was doing good stuff and i think so many times as women Gosh, we want to like volunteer for this And we want to be the, the leader of that thing And mm-hmm. then, yeah, so and so sick. Can you take them a meal? Yeah, I can do that I mean, y'all, we can't mm-hmm. Sometimes we just have to sit at the feet of Jesus And just one thing I have to say Something that, I mean, I love I mean everything about Jesus But something, this is just really special to me That I just wanted to point out because of this story Jesus, he valued women. Yes. That was super unusual for a woman to be in there with Jesus while he was mm-hmm. talking to all the dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, like, let, let her stay. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jesus is his genealogy. You know, that he's got women in there. That's really unusual for that time to have women. I mean, he was like a feminist, you know. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, girls, y'all can do this. You can yes. do this. So you are, I mean, be empowered. He, he has designed us this way Mm -hmm. to do it you know i'm looking around here look at all these beautiful
3: faces like Mm -hmm. they're here they're ready to go Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i thought um, a couple of things you know one just in my own life and i shared this a little bit ago in in another panel but you know first about me being a disciple you know Mm -hmm. before i can disciple others and so that intentionality to stop every day of my life and, um, and I'm, I'm very, I mean, intentional and I'm a dis- disciplined as far as my time management. And so, um, because if I'm not, mm-hmm. I mean, if I wake up and my, if I don't sit in my chair first thing in the morning and spend time with Jesus, then breakfast gets in the way and, you know, kids getting ready get in the way, everything gets in the way. So I, I wake up intentionally early so I can have my time. And mm-hmm. that's my, that's my hour of unrushed, just stop. Sit, listen, read—you know—and and I spend time with the Lord, and um, it just changes—it just changes everything, my whole sure. entire day. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it just everything that I do, like in discipleship, is birthed from the time that I spend with the yes. Lord. And um, one thing I was thinking, just the whole—you know—stopping it made me think of a lady that I met with years ago, and um, just a precious, you know, lady, and uh, we were good friends. And um, she came to me, and uh, we had been meeting in a discipleship group for about three months, and she was just. Having trouble, like, doing a quiet time and just, you know, some of the things that we were doing in our group, she just couldn't get it done. And so I said, well, let's talk about it. You know, let's think about what does your day look like and how can we fit in, you know, that quiet time. And so I offered a couple of suggestions, you know, um, like, is it possible to wake up early and, and do your quiet time then? And she said no, because if I don't work out, then I don't, that doesn't get done. And I said, okay, I said, well, working out's important, you know, you need to do that. So I said, okay, well, what about um, lunch break? You know, do you have, you know, well, I only get, like, she didn't get very long for her lunch break. So I was like, okay, that doesn't work. I said, okay, carpool line. You know, I know you go and you pick up your kids. You sit in carpool line for drop-off and pick up. You know, can you read your bible you know and can you spend some time with Mm -hmm. jesus in the carpool and she's like well normally when i'm in the carpool line i'm putting on my makeup you know Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay and so i'm like okay here we go and i'm like okay well at night i said you get home from work and i said y'all eat dinner and you put the kids to bed and i'm like so then what do you do you know and she's like well then i I sit down with my husband and we watch two hours of tv Mm -hmm. and i said okay i said now watching tv with your husband is important you know spending time with him is important i said but do you think if that's the only time you have all day long Could you take 30 minutes of that time and spend time with the Lord, reading your Bible, praying, Mm -hmm. and then watch an hour and a half of TV with your husband? You know, but it was like there was all these opportunities and... Everything was kind of getting shut down, and it Mm -hmm. was like there just wasn't a time where she could stop and just, Mm -hmm. you know, say no to a few things or Mm -hmm. rearrange a few things or prioritize a few things to just have that time, you Mm -hmm. know. And so it's just made me think, you know, it takes so much intentionality and Mm -hmm. sometimes creative. You have to be creative, you know. I said, you can listen to the Bible on your phone while you're folding laundry. I mean, sometimes we have to Mm -hmm. do that, you know, Mm -hmm. seasons of life. But it, it's just, it does. It takes that time to say, okay, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to. I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to spend time. Yeah. Does anyone else want to share on that of just maybe women
1: that you have poured into or just in your own life how you had to say, okay, I keep making up all these other excuses. I just need to figure out a time to be able to stop.
4: Yeah. Well, one of the women that, um, that I've met with before, she uh, she's an amazing disciple maker. What she did was she said, the only time I have this week is during my daughter's volleyball practice. And so she would have people meet her at the (laughs) volleyball place, and they would find a quiet corner, and Mm -hmm. they'd get together. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband does it at soccer practice. He's like, you know, I want to meet with you. I want to pour into this this man. But all I've got is soccer practice, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be here for an hour and a half. Yeah, Love for you to show up, bring a chair. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think being creative and Mm -hmm. thinking outside the box a little bit um, Mm -hmm. really is one of our best tools and one of our best friends. (laughs) It's really, you know. Yeah. Look at those times when it may not be downtime, but it's not, but it is still kind of downtime, you yeah. know, um, like you were talking about listening to, you know, listening to it on, uh, on the way to work or, or, you know, whatever it is, or carpool line and, and things like that. But really thinking outside the box and suggesting it to other people. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, with going through somebody's schedule and mm-hmm. going okay what about this and what about this and, and helping them think through it because mm-hmm. that's the process that you have to go through Yeah, I think,
3: I think sometimes um, I try never to take for granted that people know how to manage their time because yes. mm-hmm. sometimes some people do that really well and then some people can't and that's okay because yeah. I feel like we need both types mm-hmm. of people you know mm-hmm. we need people who can just go on a whim and be free spirited and that sort of thing and then we need people who can help us manage our mm-hmm. time and so mm-hmm. we try. I try to go through that with the ladies mm-hmm. you know especially if I find that they're struggling in that way mm-hmm. and help them figure that out but Rob yeah. He always says, my husband, you know, maximizing the time we already have. Yeah. You know, so we all go to lunch. We all eat breakfast. We all do these things mm-hmm. using those times, not to add something to your already busy schedule, but mm-hmm. maximizing the time that we already have yeah. to make disciples.
1: Yeah. I remember um, one of our pastors at Fellowship Memphis did a sermon one time, and he talked about margins,
3: mm-hmm. and he said,
1: even on your paper, you have margins. Like yeah. there's the two little lines that, you know, you, you try to write within it. there, yeah. but you got a little extra space just in case. Yeah. And so really helping women to realize that there's got to be margins in your life, mm-hmm. just like you've got margins in your budget. You know, don't spend mm-hmm. your whole check just in case something happens. You want to yeah. have a little extra just yeah. in case. But But helping women to realize that there's got to be some margin in your life where it's not so packed where you don't have time yeah. for anybody else. One, share anything
2: well it's funny because this kind of came from the book having a Mary heart in a martha world i don't know if mm-hmm. y'all have ever read that but um with discipling women so many times we say it's about the time mm-hmm. and taking it from that book something that that just struck me and i'm not super emotional i don't like cry a lot but i actually cried and i was like what's happening to me <laughs> while i'm reading this it's this wetness coming from my face um but it was a story where there was this beautiful house and and you were like um and jesus was showing you all these rooms and he was taking taking you all these places and he's like this is the kitchen this is the den and then in this room there's a beautiful fireplace and there's these cozy chairs and he goes this is where we're going to spend time together and you go there every morning and you meet Jesus there and he's waiting for you and it's really great and then you do it for like two months and and then one morning you just can't go, you got a doctor's appointment, you're sick I don't know, something happens, you just can't go and um, so you have to walk past the room and, and you still kind of see Jesus in there but you just can't go in and you know one day leads to two which leads to three which leads to weeks and And you start feeling bad And you go into the room It's been a couple of months And you go in there And you're like, Jesus, I'm so sorry I just felt so bad I've been so busy And Jesus looks at you And he goes, but you don't get it I'm wanting to spend time with you And I'm missing out too Hmm. I've been here the whole time And that was just so impactful for me Because that made it relational Hmm. So much of the time I had forgotten that he wants to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. me saying, what do I have to do? I have to do this. I, mm-hmm. it, I think it hurt me so much because I was like, he was waiting. And I stood him up. Mm-hmm. You know? And it made it just just such a powerful story. Mm-hmm. It changed my perspective on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just totally did. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. What about um, just the area of submitting? Anybody want to share on that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, us first yeah. as disciple makers, yeah. submitting to the Lord and the teaching of His word, like allowing it to convict us mm-hmm. before we then go and try yeah. to give it to someone else.
4: I'm not good at it.
1: Yeah. Hey, um, thank you. Yeah. Be honest. <laughs> yeah. No.
4: Yeah. Strong-willed. Here we come. You know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that submitting. Especially when God puts somebody in my life that He's like, no, I, I want you to, to feed into her um, and me. Going, no, I I don't, I don't have time. And mm-hmm. you know, and, but submitting to that and then knowing that it's not about me. Yeah. And so, literally, every time I'm talking to them, I'm submitting to Him <laughs>
5: mm-hmm. because I have
4: no idea what I'm going to say next, yes. or they're going to call me with with this going on, and I'm not going to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes literally handing it over every single time mm-hmm. i get a text or a call or i'm having coffee because i'm mm-hmm. not sure what's going to come out of this other person's mouth mm-hmm. um and so i have to submit to what god's calling me to do yeah um, every time mm-hmm. and then when i was being discipled and it didn't happen when i was young and i wish it had but but when she told me to do things i need to submit to that mm-hmm. and i need to do it mm-hmm. And I know that I have discipled people where I've said, no, Yeah, you need to go apologize.
5: Mm-hmm. Like,
4: yeah, you were mm-hmm. wrong. I know what he did, <laughs> and I don't care. You were wrong, too. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing, though, that, that if somebody called it out on me, I, I would do that, and that's mm-hmm. what, what God would call me to do, then they would, you know, they needed to do it, too. Mm-hmm. And that that is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to do. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, same kind of thing. Like I feel like we we're submitting, you know, in our daily lives to the Lord. We're submitting to His will and whatever He may have um, in store for us. And then, um, you know, as we're meeting in those discipling relationships we're holding them accountable and, and, and maybe have to challenge them or confront sin in, in their life and that sort of thing. And then at the same time, they're holding me accountable. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And um, I, do, I have an example of, and, and it is a, um, it's a little intense, but uh, it's, a, it's a situation where I was meeting with this just wonderful, beautiful, um, she was a single lady, had gone through a real hard um, tragedy in her life and um, had lost a child. Mm-hmm. And um, she had been, she was about a year removed from losing the child. Whenever we, she came into our discipleship group, and um, we just all were wanting to love on her, and you know that sort of thing. And um, and so we just were going strong for about three months. And she comes to me, and um, we went to lunch, and she confesses to me that she's been in a sinful relationship. Mm-hmm. This guy had come into her life right after we'd gotten into discipleship group, and they had been intimate, um, and he was married. And so she, at this point, when she's telling me this, it's over. The, the relationship has ended, and she's, you know, upset. You know, she's sorrowful and, and all these things. And so, um, you know, we, we cried, and we, we prayed, and I told her I wanted her to go home and spend time with the Lord. I wanted her to repent for it, you know, and um, just spend time with him. And I said, listen, you know, um, I know this has been hard. I know it's been painful, and, you know, we're going to move on, and we're going to try to put boundaries in your life to help you here. So we went on for the next few months, and and her and I would talk about um, things, you know, and I would, you know, ask her the hard questions. And um, a few months months goes by, and um, I'm on vacation, and I knew she'd start seeing somebody else. And I just get this gut feeling Mm. that I I need to Mm -hmm. find out what's going on. And so I just, you know, texting her, hey, how you doing, you know, so on and so forth. And um, the way she's answering the questions, I'm like... (laughs) Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Have Have you been intimate with? Them? I just came out, you know, with it, and you know, surprisingly, she's honest, which is good, and she tells me yes. And I said, we have, we've got to meet as soon as I get back. And so she comes to my house, and you know, I'm, I have been praying. I've got all my scripture, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, to talk to her about it. And um, and at this point, I knew, okay, what we have done one on one has not worked. And so this is where the accountability of the group comes in. Mm-hmm. And so I sat there with her on the table, just her and I, and. You know, she knew more than anything I was rooting for her. And I knew, I said, I know you have been through an awful tragedy. And I can't even begin to relate and tell you that I know what you're going through. Because I I don't. And I said, but I can't allow what you've been through to justify a life of sin. And I said, you're in this discipleship group. And you're being intimate with men. And that's not effective for your spiritual growth. And it's Mm -hmm. not God-honoring. And so, I mean, I went through the whole thing. And I told her, I said, um, you know, what we've done hasn't worked. And I said, so at this point, if you're going to remain in the group, one, I need you to abstain, you know, from, if you have to, from dating men while we're in this group together, um, but definitely from sexual intercourse. And I said, and, you know, I need you to come to the group and tell the group what's going on. I said, because we all need to be able to call you and say, Mm -hmm. how are you doing, you know, and, and this sort of thing. And, I mean, I was upset. I was crying. You know, I love you and I want... I, want, I know the Lord has such great plans for you, and mm-hmm. I just want you to, to see it and believe it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we cried together. She was very um, upset, you know. And, she, you know, she's hurt, yeah. but she's also realizing, you know, I can't continue in this lifestyle, yeah. and then this is, you know, this is what discipleship is, you know. And so she she left that day, and I didn't know whether or not she was going to come back to group mm-hmm. and confess and tell everybody what was going on in her life or, or if not. And um, she chose not to. And I prayed mm-hmm. as she left, you know, Lord... I could have butchered that, you know. I don't. Know. But your spirit can minister to her in, in what I said and sharing your word and all. And I just prayed that God would use mm-hmm. just the seeds of the conversation in, in His word. Mm-hmm. And two months goes by, and so I have to go back to group, and I have to tell the group, you know, that she's not going to be joining us. And I did not go into those details, but I said, you know, um, it wasn't my place to do that. But um, let them know that there were some things going on, you know, that needed to be talked about. Two months goes by, and um, we're all still praying for her. I told her just because she wasn't in our discipleship group, those relationships didn't end. Right. You know, they were very real, and we continued to reach out and love on her. And she asked me to go to lunch with her again, and so I went. And in that two-month period, God had really just dealt with her heart mm-hmm. in showing her about biblical counsel mm-hmm. um, out of Proverbs and some different things. And um, she just sits across from me, and she cries, and she said, not coming back was the biggest mistake of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, you know. And so it was like the Lord used all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I, I said to her, she said, can I come back to the group? And I said, you absolutely can. Mm-hmm. And I said, but you still have to tell the mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. I said, because, I said, God gives second chances all the time. Every day, mommy, I get chance after chance after chance. And I said, so who am I to tell you you can't come back to our group? Of course you can't. And I said, but you have got to let these ladies know what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. I said, we need, you have to let them know. And so she did. She came back to the group. You know, she submitted to that. She shared with what was going on and they rallied around her and they loved on her. And then, and we began to hold her accountable, you know. And so it was a, that's a hard situation, you know, and in that way, but, as the disciple maker, I felt like I was doing what the Lord wanted me to do. Yeah. And we had to bump up that accountability to try to really mm-hmm. help her to achieve victory in that. And so that's you don't always have those cases, you know, where you're dealing with something mm-hmm. like that. But I thought it was a good example of yeah. just that submission me submitting to what God wanted me to do and then her to what, you know, was best for her, Mm -hmm. spiritual growth Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. As you were sharing that it made me think of um, just I think women in general at times we struggle with being people pleasers Mm -hmm. and so we don't want to bring up the hard hard. stuff you know, we would rather just say so you're struggling? Okay, don't want to know what you're struggling with because I don't want to, you know deal with that, so I'll just pray for you um, but but in those discipleship relationships, those things are going to come out uh-huh. and you've got to be ready to deal with it. And you don't want to be the woman sitting across from her and your face is just shocked. And you're like, <laughs> "You
5: oh, I can't you believe
1: what? you did that. You're did this. But you want to you want to meet it with a love and support that says, OK, you're struggling. All right. I get that. Let's go to God's word. Let's repent of it. Because, yes, it's a sin. We're not going to just sweep it under the rug. Let's deal with it. But then giving them some some accountability where they're knowing that, okay, this is not just I just come and share all of my junk and then I can keep going and doing whatever I want to. You know, that's not accountability. That's just kind of letting people sin freely and that's not helpful for them just like candy was saying it's not helpful for her spiritual growth because if she thinks that she serves a god who does not care if she sins then she's got a poor view of god because he does care he cared so much that he sent his son because he said you all sin and thus you need a savior and so i have to send my son and then for us to then disciple them and act like their sin doesn't mean anything it's basically we're saying to god like it's okay. They can do whatever they want to do, God. I mean, you love them, right? No. That, that's not being truthful. That's not being honest with them. And it doesn't mean that their sin is going to separate them from God, but they're going to have some spiritual um, brokenness if they continue in their sin. They can't do that and still love God to the full capacity that they want to. You know, the full capacity that they try to put up a front that they're doing, and you know that in their personal life they're not loving the Lord with their obedience.
4: Well, it's sharing that truth in love, and that's mm-hmm. what you did. You know, yes. it was It's God's truth. I mean, you, you know, you have to share it, but she already had a relationship with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: She knew
4: that she was cared for. She knew she was loved, um, and that gave you permission to be able yeah. to, to share that truth and hopefully yeah. change a heart.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the most important thing is that that relationship was there. I'm sure we've all experienced people who... Thought they had a relationship with us. (laughs) And they come and tell stuff to us. And we're like, who are you? (laughs) Like, I was in Shannon's... Break out, and she said people were sharing things with her. And she was like, you don't know me. Like, you don't want to wear my shoes right now. You really have no idea what I'm going through. But in that relationship, you can say, sis, I've heard your testimony. You've talked to me about your mom and dad. I know about your boyfriends. Like, come on. Yeah. We, we can talk honestly. Oh, okay. So now let's get to just that sharing. Um, kind of share with us how you have seen the Lord just develop a transparency in your group's where where people feel open to share, where you feel open to share with them, and then share how that is. Because I think one thing that, that I struggle with is when you have these different groups, you're just like, if I keep telling everybody my business, it's going to be <laughs> all <more> over. <laughs> so how do you have wisdom in that to say, okay, I, there's some things I'm going to share and there's some things that I'm just going to be like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, hold this to myself. So...
2: I think the Holy Spirit just really guides you there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in my experiences, we have a, a prayer group that's in our community that um, a couple of girlfriends and I started. And it's really an outreach. Um, you have no idea how many unsaved women want prayer. It's mm. really like... I don't know if i didn't know jesus but i want people talking to me about jesus but they do and they they want you to come in and and talk and they want to have it's really connection i think Mm -hmm. is what they're searching for in the Mm -hmm. beginning um but one of the one of the women that um that was not a believer she would call herself a spiritualist Mm -hmm. um she came in and we would we would do a, a quick. It's not like a Bible study, so you didn't have to prepare to come. And we meet once a month, but we would do a quick passage. One of us, the core members, and then um, we would go into prayer groups. And um, I just always felt a connection with her because she. Um, is a single mom and, um, she's around my age. She's living with her boyfriend or I think he's her fiance, but, um, but I thought what a really great opportunity to be able to talk to her about some of my experiences. Um, cause you know, people are, they're so, it's so funny how we can, Package one another in the first two minutes that you see somebody, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I have a doozy of a story, but people don't think that I do because I smile. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, I would never think that." <laughs> mm-hmm. You're like, "You're smiling." Well, I mean, like, what should I? Should I look like this all day long? <laughs> you know. Um, so I just kind of witnessed to her just about some things that were going on in my, that was going on in my life or that had gone on in my life, and. um and just allowed myself just to be who i was in front of her and after several months of doing that mm-hmm. um, last week she gave her life over to the lord mm-hmm. and it was yeah. really so awesome. cool because our prayer meeting some, we don't ever know if there's going to be 15 people 20 people or if there's going to be five or four but there ended up only being three of us and three of the three of us were the core members so um and she gave her she just totally just submitted and said, "I can't do this, and whatever you have, I want it mm-hmm. I want what you've got and then of course her her living-in fiance walked in and I was like, oh no this could be this could be some transition mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to work with that as yeah. but um but that was just allowing myself to be transparent mm-hmm. and not caring if she was going to judge me because, mm-hmm. y'all, people are talking about us anyway. Yes. And we're not going <laughs> to be able to control what they're talking about. Might as well just let them know what's going on mm-hmm. instead of trying to hide it and be something that we're not. Yeah,
3: Good. Um, Yeah, I think when we share our testimonies, um, that just... Let's everybody know how real we are.
5: Yeah.
3: And um, just that we, we, we're we not like on some pedestal, but we're just like everybody else. And we've had struggles and, and we've gone through difficult things and we've had to, to learn and to grow from those. And so um, that's a huge part of, of our discipleship group, you know, a couple of months in a lady every week will share their testimony and um, it's probably the highlight of one of the things we do all year because I don't want the five minute testimony I want a 20 minute mm-hmm. I want you know tell me about your life how was your childhood you know how did you meet Christ how has God changed your life you know those milestones and those hard difficult times you know I want to know about that you know and so it is a huge bonding time yeah. and um, they're learning to lead before they ever know it because they're sharing their life mm-hmm. they're sharing what God has done and they're learning to tell their story and that's what discipleship is all about you know learning to invest and so we do that you know and so it's just a wonderful time they all see that we're just real people yeah. in the thick of life, you know, trying to grow closer to the Lord, mm-hmm. closer to other people. And so, and we just share all that together. And so, we do a lot of sharing. Like, we share journal entries. We read the Bible, um, you know, five days out of seven. They're reading. And they're journaling twice a week. And so, when we come together, um, they're sharing at least one of those journals. Mm-hmm. And so, they're learning to invest what God is teaching them every day that they're reading in a group of people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... I think, too, with transparency, over time comes boldness. You know, so the more that we're transparent and we're sharing about what God is doing in our life every day, but also what he's done in saving us and how he did that, um, they're just learning to be more bold. And I have a a precious girl in my group this year who... um, had gone through a hard time with their marriage and thought that her husband was on the verge of like cheating on her. He had, he had, he was making contact with the woman and she found out and she's just rocked, you know, to the core and they have kids and, um, just, they just went through a really difficult time and through just prayer and seeking God's will, you know, God told her to stay. In the marriage, you know, and, and to work on their marriage. Well, now they're both in, you know, she's in my group and her husband is in um, Robbie's group. And so we've talked a lot about what God's allowed to happen in her life and how we always say the gospel was headed to you because it's headed to someone else. And I always say your life experiences happened to you, but what if they were for the benefit of someone else? Mm-hmm. So therefore for us. You know, we know God teaches us in those moments huge things. But it's not just for us. It's for those that are to come and those that we will meet. And so she has started to realize that what she's gone through is not just meant to teach her lessons, but how is this going to affect the women yeah. she's going to disciple? Yeah. And so... I have just seen her um, come alive in a way, you know, where she is now sharing and not so much ashamed to share that story. But how is this going to help or benefit someone else? And I need to to share that. And so it's using God's will in our life and those life experiences and learning how to invest that in other people. So I think that transparency over time, boldness comes too.
4: Yeah, and I think with transparency, it sheds light on... Things that we're supposed to keep hidden away. We're supposed to not let anybody know are you know, the things that Satan uses against us. Mm -hmm. The things that we are ashamed of in our lives Mm -hmm. or that have happened to us or that we have done, you know. And when we shed light on those things, it takes the sting out of it. Yes. Because now it really can't be used against me because everybody Mm -hmm. knows, you know. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, everybody doesn't have to know the details, but but the people that that you're trying to feed into they need to know who you are and they need to know where you've been and what Mm -hmm. you've overcome what god Mm -hmm. has used has overcome in your Mm -hmm. life and how he's now using it Mm -hmm. and the more you share it the lighter the load gets Mm -hmm. i mean there was a lot of baggage in my backpack for a long time and the more i shared it the more i gave it away Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't it's not a heavy load anymore Mm -hmm. and so and other people can see that and other people Mm -hmm. can see that that i'm not letting that hold me back yeah um and so and that allows them then to be to be free and transparent too um you have to lead by example
1: yeah one thing i always think of is that um god never called us to suffer in silence like, he has always asked us to let people know, let people mm-hmm. see what we're struggling with. And we see that in God's word. Now, I think so much about Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, he writes his letters in jail. He's like, I'm distraught to the point yeah. of death and this and that. I mean, you can't get more honest yeah. than that. You know, but when people see that you actually struggle and you're suffering and then they see that you still have a trust in God, mm-hmm. that helps to build a faith that, that you can't just get from reading a book. Like, you get to see that in a real-life experience. And as we think about discipleship, you know, it's life and truth transference in the context of real relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sharing my life with you. And in Thessalonians, it says, I loved you so much, that's why I shared the truth with you and my life. Mm -hmm. That I could have just come and just taught you God's word, but I wanted you to really see my life. And, And we would be dishonest if we didn't show our whole life. You know, and it wasn't just all the things that are going good, but here's some things that are not going good. Here's some things that I just don't understand, but I still love God, but I just don't understand. Like, that's so good. And as you said, Candy, that's teaching them how to do that for someone else. Because in essence, they're going to do what you teach them. You can't say, well, yeah, this is how I discipled you. Now read this book and do it totally different. Because what I did was wrong. They're like... What? I'm just gonna do what you did. If that was wrong, yeah. then oh, well. that's on you, because.
4: It was the greatest honor. Somebody was, was talking to me and she said, yeah, I was talking to my friend and she's going through blah, blah, blah. And I remember you telling me whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so I told her that. And I was like, oh, what did I awesome. tell you? Yay, <laughs> you know, yay, it was actually usable. You yes. know? Not just for her, but she knew it enough to be able to yeah. send to the next mm-hmm. person. And then hopefully that person can send it to mm-hmm. the next person. And, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, we're transforming a nation. And, yeah.
1: You know? yeah. What are some things that you would just like to encourage the women that are here with, just in the area of disciple-making or discipleship?
2: You know, when you have the opportunity to be able to pour into someone's life and point them to Jesus, it is an amazing thing mm-hmm. to be able to do. And for me, and just in my personal experience, The authentic, genuine love that you have for someone To let them see your whatever that you've got going on So that they can be able to relate to you That is, to me, just a key to being able to form that relationship And I know I'm kind of tagging off of transparency But um, I'm working with, I'm discipling a girl right now and um, and I and we're kind of new in the relationship, and I was like, "Well, tell me your story." And her story, which I had known some of it beforehand, but when she told me, it wasn't really compelling. Mm-hmm. But I knew I knew a little bit more than what she let on, and I was like, "Well, let me tell you my story." She was like, "Uh," and then I said, "You want me to? Tell, you want to tell me your story again? Very different story."
5: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so because I, I was like come mm-hmm. on i I'm, I'm, 'll show you my stuff it 's okay mm-hmm. it 's okay. this is safe here,
5: mm-hmm.
2: and I think when they're when they see you be vulnerable and that you 're trusting them because you mm-hmm. are you 're trusting mm-hmm. them to to love you, even mm-hmm. though you 're showing them all your stuff, when they see that, gosh, it just allows that." Um, just realness to come through and that's where Jesus is, is in that real stuff, you know, to where they can start trusting you with things that they're struggling with and not what they think you want to hear, but what's really going
3: on. Um, two things I'm thinking of. One would be Luke 747, which says, those who are forgiven much, love much. Mm-hmm. That's probably, it's not my life verse. My life verse is Proverbs 423, which says, above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. But that Luke 747, about those who are forgiven much, love much, is kind of what drives my discipleship passion. Mm-hmm. Because I have been forgiven of so many things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, You know, using that, you know, I'm forgiven and therefore I love and I just want to, you know, I want you to be forgiven and I want you to know these things. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of what you were, you know, just kind of going back to that transparency, but just you're forgiven and so you love, you know. And then just to encourage everybody, we have like this little triangle that we say, you know, the more we know God, the more we love him and the more we love him, the more we obey him. And so I think that goes for a lot of things, but especially with discipleship, the more we know him and the more we're spending time with him as disciples every day of our life you know, the more we're going to love him because we know him more. And then the more we love him, we just want to obey what he's calling us to do in the in the big picture of discipleship and just in everyday things in our life. And so just knowing him more so that you can love him more, so that you can obey him more, and then teaching others, you know, to do the same thing. Teaching, investing the passion that you have for the word of God, for missions, for everything that God's done in your life, you know, and investing that into other into other women.
4: Well, first of all, I wish I would have gone first because they said really great things. (laughs) Um, But I would encourage you, if you haven't been discipled, that's okay. Um, Start looking at who's already in your life Mm because God has probably already put somebody in your life that has fruit of the spirit that you're looking for um, and that that gets it and that has been discipled, and talk to them. Just Mm -hmm. ask them to coffee and just tell them, hey... Would you pour into my life Um, and ask them to pray about it? That is probably the first and best thing that you can do so that then you've got something to pass on. And it doesn't mean that while you're discipling somebody else, you can't be discipled. It can all happen um, together. And I know that that for me there's been times where I'm going through something and I'm just like, I, I can't make heads or tails of it. And so I'll talk to somebody else that either has been through it or I know gets it and they'll disciple me through that, that rough patch. Um, and I'm still feeding into other women. Um, it doesn't mean that one stops to do the other. Uh, it's just growth and that God calls us into relationships. But I will tell you that those women are already in your life. Um, you don't have to go looking on the street corner holding up a sign. Um, they're already there. God's put them there, um, and he's put them there for you. And so um, I just I just call you out to to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would just like to share is, is start in prayer. Like yeah. really yeah. seek the Lord, yeah. especially if you have a burning in your heart to do this. Mm-hmm. If you feel like, Lord, I hear what they're saying, and I want that then ask the Lord to to put those people in your life, to give you spiritual antennas to see, you know, who they are. And and one thing we didn't get a chance to share was the times where our discipleship groups don't look well. (laughs) I could give you a lot of stories
2: of of girls that
1: I've had where I was like, I don't think this is working out. Or they've told me. This is not I, this working is, and I'm like that's okay.
5: I,
2: I
1: still love you and and we will be great but it's okay. And so don't have this this facade that as long yeah. as I'm just discipling, that all of these groups will just look perfect and flower They're going to grow.
4: They're going to grow so much. We are yeah.
1: humans, and we are <laughs> messy, and we are sinners, and Jesus had Judas, and thus you will have <laughs> women who are not really yeah. committed to this, and that is totally okay because God never told you to have perfect groups. He just told you yeah. to make disciples. And so all you're doing is with the little that he gives you, you're being obedient with it. Um, I think of the first miracle that Jesus did when he turned the water into wine. All the men had was the water. And they said, okay. He said, fill it up. So we're just going to okay. fill it up. Yeah. Whatever he does with it, we're just going to watch it. But they took whatever they had and they were obedient with it. And then the Lord is the one who brings the the growth. Mm-hmm. And so you just be obedient with what God has given you. He has given you time. He has given you the word of God. He has given you the Holy Spirit. He has given you a church home. He's given you these things. Just be obedient with what he has given you. Mm-hmm. And I just pray that this has encouraged your heart. Um, I've gotten a chance to meet these friends, my new friends in Nashville. So it has been really a privilege to be able to just do this uh, panel with you guys, this forum with you. And and let me just close us in prayer, and then you've got dinner. I'm sure people are hungry. Okay. (laughs) Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this time, Lord God. I thank you for your presence that never leaves us. Um, Lord, I thank you that... um, You dwell in us and you dwell with us. And so, Lord, even as you said in your word, you told us to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And, lo, I am with you always until the end of the age. And so, Lord, I pray that these women will remember. Even if they forget their notes, even if they lose their notes, your word says that you would be with us. And so, Lord, I pray that they will rest in that, that you will not leave them in this, but you have commanded them and commissioned them to do this, and thus you will be with them. And, Lord, I just pray that you would um, watch over us as we continue out this forum for today and as we have time tomorrow. And, Father, I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you. Good job.
0: You've been listening to the Disciple Makers podcast. This audio was adapted from the original presentation. Not all live interactions are included. Learn how you can grow as a disciple maker by visiting discipleship.org, where you can also register for the next National Disciple Making Forum.